I don't remember exactly when I had the wonderful opportunity to meet Seth Gruber. He'll know because he's young and he's got a memory. <laughs> but the moment that we met, the conversation was around pro-life, the value of life. And um, you know when you have an old dog and you love your old dog, but you want to infuse some new life into your old dog, you buy a puppy. So as an old dog, God brought the puppy Seth. <laughs> because um, we as a church, we, we've always stood for pro-life, and it's a very important thing to us, and it's a very important thing to me. I, I survived, I, I literally survived an abortion, and um, when I found out about that when I was a teenager, um, it wasn't until I gave my heart to Christ that uh, I began to really appreciate that. Things began to, to come into place. And God has that way with all of our lives. He begins to make sense of everything uh, once we turn it all over to him. He's wonderful and he's beautiful. And so you'll be listening for him tonight to speak to you. But uh, it was awesome to meet up with Seth and to watch him grow so quickly and to watch his influence uh, grow so much that tonight we have the opportunity to have what is... Uh, no doubt, uh, the most powerful uh, pro-life voice uh, in this nation today. I know there's a lot of great people that have a great voice and a great reach, but God's doing something special with Seth, and um, you're going to hear a lot about that tonight, but I encourage you, get ready to listen. I asked him one thing tonight. I said, this, this is my prayer for you tonight, Seth, that you speak a little slower because he has so much in his heart and his, in his head that it's, it just comes out like a rocket. But um, it's because he wants to give you the information that could very well save someone's life. So please give a warm welcome tonight to Seth Gruber. Before we get going, we have to have a, a scripture verse, a theme verse. We have to have that for publication reasons and for media reasons. And so um, I thought of a verse, and the first one, um, it sounded good. It sounded good. And so, Sean, go ahead and put the first verse up there, right on the screens. Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority... The people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And uh, everybody in California has been groaning for a long time. And I thought, that'd be a great verse for tonight. Uh, but then I thought, no, I, I think Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9 would be a great verse. Open your mouth for the speechless. Think of a, an unborn child. And the cause of all who are appointed to die. Imagine that. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. But you know what I decided that we'd have the theme verse for tonight be? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, <laughs> and this is it. A lot of Christians, you don't hear this verse taught much in churches today. A lot of people might think it's, it comes out of the Old Testament. This is Paul the Apostle speaking, and I, I, I wonder if anybody can handle it. This is New Testament theology. 
and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That verse means that we as believers in this world, and he's speaking it to the church at Corinth, an incredibly messed up church, carnal, but he speaks to them about them exercising their God-given call to expose and to punish disobedience. Disobedience to God. We are nothing in and of ourselves. But we're talking about disobedience to God. That's part of being salt and light in the culture. And so for this reason, Seth is hated, Seth is maligned, Seth is, in all kinds of ways, there are those who try to diminish his, his voice. And so this special happening now tonight, uh, we made the happy decision to carry it live tonight on the Real Life Network because <laughs> we figured about 10 minutes into this, Facebook and YouTube would we'll pull the plug on this one because they can't handle it. But if that happens, anybody out there that's viewing, go to Real Life Network. <laughs> you can subscribe free in a minute, and it'll be your backup. We'll keep going live for 90 minutes, right? On the Real Life Network, no matter what Google wants to do to us, we are cancel-free at the Real Life Network. So There you go. Yeah, we love it. <clears throat> Seth. I'll, I'll try not to be too nuclear, Jack. I want you to be Seth. <laughs> this is... This is um, this is the issue, this is the battle that I actually personally believe will define the future of the United States of America. That's right. I believe this. Why do I believe this? Because it is the very purpose, it is the very issue yep. that led Israel either into captivity or freedom yep. is what they did with the unborn child yep. with gods like Moloch and Remphan yep. and others. Yep. And so, Seth, you are... Why does it always have to do something with the kids? Oh, it's got to be. Every time. Always with the kids. Yep. So, listen, what's going on? Tell us what's happening. You're the man, and you've got a lot on your plate. You've got a lot coming. We're really excited about this. Well, the future. reason I'm so excited to be here, Pastor Jack and, and uh, Chino Hills, it feels like I know all of you, just because like, this church like, is really my sending church in a real way. Yeah. The, 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 the biggest church that's been behind the growth um, and impact of the White Rose Resistance. And so, thank you, guys. It's good to be home. It's good to be with you guys. Amen. Um, and, and, and really the battleground right now. Have you noticed there's like something about the school board and like weird cookie pornographic <laughs> sex ed happening in America? Have you noticed that? It's like everywhere. Yep. Um, State of California really hates Chino Valley Unified School District. Um, yeah, they do. Isn't, isn't that funny? And, and uh, I, a wise man once told me if you're not taking shots, you're not over the target. Yeah, exactly right. You. Um, and uh, so Sonja, huh? Sonja Shaw yeah. and Chino Valley Unified. I mean, anything that makes the, uh, the, yeah. uh, the powers that be in the state of California uh, want to, you know, come after this uh, school well, district, this, I'm like, well, this church must be doing something right. So there's a lawsuit board, against the Chino exactly. Valley Unified School District because they said, you know, if you're a minor, you know, and uh, you think that, you know, inwardly you're legion, um, uh, Sally in, in um, Seth's body, um, and so you want to use the, the other restroom or you want to be referred to by a female name, the, the uh, public school teachers, um, one, firstly, have to refer to you by that name. Secondly, they can't tell your parents now, these are minors, right? This is like junior high and high school. I mean, I'm telling you, you know the battle here, right? But you can't tell the parents mm -hmm. that their minor child that you're the teacher of um, that they're, they're really identifying as the other gender. Right. And this is happening all across California and the country. Right. And so Chino Valley Unified goes, yeah, we're not going to do that. In fact, we're going to pass a law 
We're going to pass a rule in the school board saying, actually, you have to inform the parents if their minor child is saying that they're the other gender. And so the state of California goes, then we're coming for you. And and this this battle right now is so much really the crosshairs of our current culture of death. And, And unfortunately, I got bad news for you tonight. Planned Parenthood has not only been behind seemingly all of this craziness unfolding in the last three or four years, they helped architect it. Yeah, that's right. And, and there really is a hidden history of the secular moral revolution. Like, and we're going to talk about some of this stuff tonight, but like, it doesn't make you a conspiracy theorist to be like, I bet some of these people just want to diddle the kids. Like, yeah, when you actually know the history behind mm. the science of sex ed, the science of comprehensive sexuality education, it's, it's demonic. It's, it's, it's actually pedophilic. Actually, Um, and I'll talk to you about Alfred Kinsey and John Money a little bit later. But like Planned Parenthood has helped actually architect this entire culture of death. Did you know since the 70s, Planned Parenthood was the largest, best funded and most profitable 501c3 in human history? It's also true today, but that's been true since the 70s, Pastor Jack. Let me say it again, just in case you missed that. The largest, best funded and most profitable 501c3 in human history. They're the largest abortion provider in the world. They're the largest provider of the pornographic comprehensive sexuality education that's bringing all the mama bears and papa bears to school board meetings. That's right. And our brother, Pastor Gary Hamrick, that's right. in Virginia, Loudoun County, remember that? Yep. The, the, the dude goes into the girl's restroom, he rapes a girl because he says he's really a girl. The school board allowed that policy, so a dad shows up at the school board meeting, a little angry. I wonder why. His daughter got raped. The school board covered it up. That whole family is saved, by the way, now. They attend Pastor Gary Hamrick's church at Cornerstone Chapel. That dad gets arrested, pulled away in handcuffs. Yeah, would you get a little angry if your daughter was raped by a school board? Okay, so he got a little carried away, but he wasn't bum-rushing the school board members. Not like he was attacking them. He just got a little colorful in his rhetoric. They arrest him, they pull him away, and the the Attorney General of the United States of America, Merrick Garland, says, um, I'm opening up an investigation into domestic terrorism yeah. of parents speaking at school board meetings. That's so like right. all of that weird, like it's, it's got critical race theory, it, it pits children against their parents, it has gender theory, it has Kinsey sex science, like that's what comprehensive sex that is. Planned Parenthood architected that and they're the largest provider of comprehensive sexuality education in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And as of last year, Planned Parenthood announced in a celebratory statement that Planned Parenthood is now the second largest provider of cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers in the United States of America. So I'm gonna make a crazy statement and then defer back to Pastor Jack. My contention tonight is that there is no single greater organization or single greater human being whose demonic influence on the insanity of 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023 that has all this going, what in the world? Like, do these guys just want to have sex with kids? And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, actually. Like, some of these people who architected this actually do want to make child sex appropriate. The United Nations, a few months ago, just lowered the age of consent. Did mm-hmm. you guys miss this? They said, while it might not be recognized legally, <laughs> consent can still be mm-hmm. given by minors as young as 10. Like, this is coming from the United Nations. I just covered this in my podcast, like, five, six months ago, okay? Like, this has been going on for a long, long time. My contention is that Margaret Sanger and her organization, Planned Parenthood, there is not a single organization or a single human being whose demonic influence of what's unfolding now 
is greater than that organization and that woman. Sounds like a heck of a statement. In the next 80 minutes, I'm going to prove it. Well, and you look at what uh, California's supermajority is doing in Sacramento, where they are trying to minimize the penalty for someone who commits a crime against a child. What's that legislator's child. name? Yeah, it's, is it Mark Weiner? Is it Mark? No. No. Anthony. Oh, is it Anthony? Anthony Weiner. All nature is but art unknown to thee, all chance direction which thou canst not see, Alexander Pope. Kind of strange that God would allow that to be his last name. Can I just say that? <laughs> did you know he was the one behind, no, did you know he was the one behind the bill that allowed men into women's prisons? Did you know that was Weiner's bill? There's, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then guess what started happening? Women started getting pregnant. Oh, how does that happen? Because the dudes yes. who said they were Sally That's right. were raping it's women. It's true. And then guess what the state of California did? I, unfortunately, I like cover all this stuff for you guys, but I couldn't believe this. This was a couple years ago. The state of California came out and said they were going to be providing tax-subsidized oh, yeah. abortions to female prison inmates to clean up the, the mess the of mess. their first bill that Weiner co-authored. And he's been behind decreasing penalties for rape. And anyways, but we just sometimes I think God like allows people's names to be that. Just to kind of be like, I'm trying to tell you. That's <laughs> a warning. I mean, what are the chances? <laughs> but this, this government, um, the state of California people, I mean, I, we've got to vote right. We've got to do the right thing. Uh, no matter what. And you say, oh, that's impossible. And, and the numbers don't match up. And plus now there's, you know, we've got 7 million uh, illegal aliens that have suddenly become Democrats instantly, by the way, down at, down, down at the border. They were given money and they were registered to vote. So uh, it's like, well, how's this going to happen? How can, I don't know. But I know this, that we have to do the right thing. We always have to do the right thing. And uh, when we talk about uh, standing for uh, the right thing, we saw these verses tonight that it's not for us to test the wind to contend against evil, we must. That's right. The days are gone, everyone, for us to exercise recreational Christianity. Mm. Those days are gone. Um, I don't know what it's gonna take for people to wake up, but the amazing thing is that when you're biblical about things, mm. you're always, you, you don't have to move. You just stand there, and, and t time reveals all things. That's right. And so we're, to, we're in a place right now in our nation where, we talked about this earlier uh, tonight, where I believe that this is now the next topic. Uh, we had the COVID thing, which was nothing. The pro-life thing has always been the deal where pastors ought to make a decision. But this is a defining thing for churches. I believe in 2024, you are going to see churches. Some rise hmm. and many fall because God's done. It's not that God had ever played, God's, God doesn't play games, but time is running out, and have you noticed that all these biblical issues are heating up? Israel, for example, life, yep. all of these things, our republic, freedoms, and there's no doubt about it, Christianity is divided. Well, I want to announce, I think that division is good. Yeah, that's Judgment right. must first begin at the house of the Lord, that's and right. rough things like this and the things that we're going to be talking about tonight they divide people. Not all division is bad. That's right. Because when God says to his church, I want you to walk so righteously before me that your very presence of being salt and light hmm. punishes disobedience. Yep. That's a powerful New Testament 
2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 statement. Yep. A lot of Christians don't want to hear this. And that, that's exactly my point. We are at a time yep. where the word of God is like a sword or a scalpel. Yep. And it's dividing the true from and, the false. And Pastor Jack, can I just share a testimony here tonight? Um, so when I was here in November 2022, kind of for the first tour of the White Rose Resistance, yeah. I was later in 2023, I was, I was doing a pregnancy center gala in New York. And a, a woman came up to me with her nephew, and they're part of a home away, oh, Calvary yes. Chapel Chino Hills church plant. Right. And so they come up to me, and this is just a pregnancy center gala that I was keynoting in upstate New York. And they walk up to me, and she's probably in her mid-70s, and she goes, I, uh, I've been pro-abortion my entire life. Um, I've never been a Christian. And my nephew drug, dragged me to home away, Calvary yeah. Chapel Chino Hills Church. In New York. Um, and I watched you speak about the White Rose Resistance, the history of Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger on November 2022. Wow. She said, that Sunday, I gave my life to the Lord. I became <laughs> pro-life. Yeah. And now she's involved in ministering to women, helping save babies, and uh, just one piece of fruit of hopefully many more that we don't even know about. And maybe we won't until glory That's amazing. as a result of the blessing of you just getting so behind what God's called me to. So to, well, the, to the entire church, that's just, thank you. That's an amazing You're on the testimony. front line. So, so take us, listen, take us into Seth's uh, vision, passion, and the things that you've researched. What's happening? And, uh, make yep. sure we know. Yep. Well, firstly, we're doing something really big on Saturday that we want to invite you guys to because all of this stuff is happening now. Um, in 2019... Planned Parenthood partnered with the Los Angeles um, Unified School District and the Los Angeles Health Department to launch 50 Planned Parenthood pop-up clinics on 50 high schools in the Los Angeles Unified School District. I know. Like, who knew, who knew that happened, right? <laughs> like, in 2019. There you go, Timothy. Right? Like, no, nobody even knew this was happening. And they were opening up these pop-up clinics mm. uh, in high schools. Now, they weren't performing abortions, of course, but if you're over 12, you can get an abortion in the state of California without parental consent, and you can charge it to your parents' insurance plans. Did you know that? That's a California law. And, and by the way, the, the insurance company is not allowed to notify the parents right. that their minor child is charging the murder of their grandchild to their insurance plan. That's right. It's like, it's like I feel like I'm in like, it's like, where's Alice and Humpty Dumpty sometimes? You know, it's like, it's like a wonderland. Like, that, that statement can't be true, Seth. You're just a conspiracy theorist. It's like, no, th this has been happening in California for some time. Brother Tim Thompson of 412 Church Murrieta, yeah. in 2019, he exposed through hidden camera reporting that the ACLU was coaching public high school teachers on how to circumvent the law and get teenagers secret abortions. Like, like this is Inland Empire. Like, that's here, okay? And now, in 2024, Fontana is starting to draw the heat. Um, because parents want the same policy that Chino Valley Unified has. So parents Which want is to... that you need to inform parents Th yeah, if a go. minor is saying, I'm, I'm really Sally and I need the other restroom. And the Fontana School Board has been shutting this down. Now, the Sandovals, they're a couple. They're a married couple. Mary Sandoval, I believe, is, sits on the school board. Her husband sits on the city council, both funded by Planned Parenthood. Both recently attended a Champions for Choice Planned Parenthood event for California school board members. Why? 
because Planned Parenthood wants their pornographic comprehensive sexuality right. education in every public high school in California. And thanks to Prop 1, all of this stuff has just been like put on a booster shot, right? right. Which may or may not work. Um, so <laughs> Fontana, Planned Parenthood was going to open a Planned Parenthood killing center in the city of Fontana. Thankfully, there's, like, like, there's enough good people in Fontana That's right. that they did some fancy legal footwork, That's right. and that Planned Parenthood clinic is not opening right now. But apparently, not good enough people, because the White Rose Resistance on Saturday, this week, on Saturday, we're doing a Leave Our Kids Alone rally there, because they were going to grant our permit. We're going to gather. We're going to have speakers. We're going to have Sonja speaking. I'm speaking, we're gonna explain how all this happened and what the rallying cry is for normal people who just wanna see this evil stop. Then the mayor of Fontana called my team and said, it's gonna look bad for me to grant you this permit because it'll sh look like I'm showing preference to a pro-life group while Planned Parenthood is suing me. I'm sorry, so, so that's who, happening. Who, who was this? The mayor of Fontana. I'm sorry, who? The mayor the of Fontana. The mayor of Fontana. Does anybody know the name of the mayor of Fontana? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, who? And we the, had multiple the, city the council members. We had multiple city council members of Fontana tell us, "Oh, we're pushing your permit through. It's great. You're good to go." So when until is the it election? became embarrassing with the Planned Parenthood lawsuit against the city of Fontana, they're now denying the permit. They're saying that they're going to send police officers and signs to say the event has been canceled. Brute squad. Um, now, I don't think they have the cojones to actually do that. So I'm inviting you on Saturday at 10 p.m. A.M. or p.m.? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. <laughs> Three kids, time zone change, jet lag, only one espresso, I apologize. This Saturday at 10 a.m. in Fontana, when you leave, we have flyers. Not enough, so just take a picture of it. Don't take it, we don't have enough. Take a picture of it, but we've posted all of this on the White Rose Resistance Instagram account and the Seth Gruber Instagram account. So 10 a.m. this Saturday, leave our kids alone, multiple speakers, Sonja speaking, John Root, myself, and others, to sell, tell Planned Parenthood, leave our kids alone, and encourage the Fontani school board to find a chest again so, and contend for the rights of children against this demonic assault. So, so, everybody, so join us. Everybody, listen up. This is amazing. So watch this. Seth and I and a few other people, we're labeled as, um, which I'm dying to find out what this means. Domestic terrorists. We're labeled as domestic terrorists. We are labeled as Christian nationalists, which I have no idea what that means. Theocrats. Uh, theocrats. Uh, all of these things, and that we're dangerous. We're dangerous. They're out killing babies and passing legislation <laughs> to yeah. kill babies, but we're the ones who want to preserve babies, and we're the ones that are dangerous. Uh, we're dangerous, I guess, if you are a socialist Marxist and you have a totalitarian agenda, then I guess we would be dangerous to that sort of worldview. And that's exactly what's taking place. You say, that's extreme. Really? As I hear him talk about this, you know what extreme is? Extreme is an elected official that took an oath to office for the welfare of the citizens that voted him into office to then stand in opposition to the citizenry that that person governs over? It's, they're not, elected officials are not elected to do their will. Did you know that? You're supposed to run for office to do the will of the people, not what you want. That's right. This is a republic. That's right. It's not a democracy, by the way. This is a republic. Yeah. 
That's right. That's all you hear. Democracy, democracy. No, we are a republic. Yep. But this is something, people, that we have so lost our rudder and our compass on to realize that God has given us these freedoms to maintain them. Not to hand them over to the bad guys so they can pimp our children for their pornographic, demonic yep. agenda. That's right. And so people get mad at us because we say, show up on Saturday at 10 a.m. And, 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 and rally together. But you can't do that. Okay, well, how about this? How about if we run through a mall and break open jewelry stores? Steal less than $1,000. And steal less, yeah, it's got to be under $951 or whatever it is. Uh, oh, that's okay. But to gather together to protect a baby's life, not okay. If you cannot see beyond the humans yep. of the demonic powers that manipulate people, yes, you're hearing me right. If you're watching right now, there's somebody at Newsweek Digital that just loves me. Every word I say, they wind up making a comment about it. Yes, I just said that. It's a demonic activity to attack children. You have to be sick. You're sick to attack a child. And Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, it will be better for you if you would have never been born than in the day of judgment when I get my hands on you. Jesus, mild-mannered Jesus? No, he's coming back with eyes as a flame of fire. <laughs> Remember that. Okay, you go. That's right. I'm Amen. Done. Amen. R.J. Rushduni, the father of the modern homeschool movement. I'm going to put it like this. He said, dominion does not disappear when a man renounces it. It is simply transferred to another party, mm. perhaps to his wife, children, employer, or the state. Where organized society surrenders power, the mob gains it, proportionate to the surrender. Yeah. Fancy language to put it this way. There's no such thing as moral neutrality. There is no such thing as a libertarian um, uh, neutral public square. Someone's ideas, mm -hmm. someone's worldview, and someone's religion will dictate the public terms of engagement. This is a constitutional republic. I mean, they like, we all got to figure out how to get along. <laughs> right. So there's, there, we're not going to like uh, go along to get along. Somebody's ideology, somebody's religion will be the dominant one. And a lot of this has to do with your view of human nature. I, I believe that a lot of the um, Rick Warren's, Russell Moore's, Ed Stetzer's, um, Joel mm -hmm. Osteen's, uh, the list goes on and on and on, um, actually do not have a biblical view of human nature. If you have a biblical view of human right, nature, right. That, that every thought your heart is deceitfully wicked, who can trust it? That, that like, like, dude, yep. did you know between the years 1900 and the year 2000, so the, the 20th century, 100 years, mm. did you know that Joseph Stalin, Margaret Sanger, Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, Mao Zedong, shed more innocent blood in the 20th century alone than all the murderers, warlords, and tyrants of the previous history combined? Yeah, that's a fact. More innocent blood was spilled in a 100-year period by five men and their ideology mm -hmm. and a woman <laughs> than all of human history before the year 1900 combined. And they tell you Christian nationalism is the great threat to our democracy. <laughs> Really? 
no, 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 secular globalism, secular humanism, neo-Malthusianism, Darwinism, call it whatever you want to call it, that's the only real true threat to our democracy. And if you believe that humans are essentially good and that you can essentially trust people to rule over you, you're a fool and you do not know your history. And so we're gonna get into some of that history now because we have to so, understand all of this culture war was a proxy war for a far deeper spiritual war. All human conflict is ultimately theological. All human conflict is ultimately theological. We come from God, we've been made by God, we can't get away from that. So we tend to actually live according to God's rules and how the world works. As much as we try to liberate ourselves beyond the constraints of human nature. So if we understand the types of ideologies that birth this culture of death, maybe, maybe we can find a way to turn this ship around. Hosea 4.6, my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. We are being destroyed. But it's not about us. Because that, that, that's the attacks that Pastor Jack gets, that I get, that Pastor Rob McCoy gets, that Charlie Kirk gets, right? It's like, oh, you, you just want to protect your gun rights and your free speech rights. You're just selfishly concerned, you stupid Jack Hibbs church, of preserving your rights so your way of life isn't compromised. That's why you're so political. No, 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 no. It wasn't about us. Mm. It was about stewarding what we've been given because there's a, the parable of the talents is actually kind of a gnarly parable, Pastor Jack. Like yeah. the guy who buries the talent and leaves yeah. it there. Some really colorful language from Jesus. It's yeah, you know, not very peaceful so. and loving how he, Jesus responds to the guy who buries the talent. It's about stewardship. And it's also about what our children, great-grandchildren are going to say about. I'm going to say something tonight. I believe my grandchildren will curse my names, my name and my wife's name, if we remain silent and do nothing during the insanity of the last few years we've been living. Yep. That's why we do what we do. Because someone's ideology and religion will reign in the public square. So for the sake of future generations, That's right. for the sake of freedom and liberty, and for the sake of giving God a reason to show America mercy, we contend for righteousness, we speak truth with grace, we let the chips fall where they may, we leave the results to God, and we've been missing out on the greatest adventure which is to simply be used, to simply stand and then watch how God works through obedience because obedience is better oh, yes. than sacrifice. Yeah, That's why we do what we do. That's why it's so important. And it's the most exciting thing ever because God moves. Our organization with survivors and other groups shut down the DuPont all-trimester murder mill right. that was going to open in Beverly Hills. That's right. Let's do that again this Saturday. Let's have another victory for the Lord. Christian nationalism, call it whatever you want. So we, we have to go back, actually, if we're going to understand how to get out of this position and situation. And, and, I'll, and the reason I'll tell you this is because the number one response I've gotten over the last, I think we've done like 35 or 40 churches for the White Rose Resistance Church Tour. Number one response from amazing people and believers like yourself is, Seth, I've never heard any of that before. And like, obviously, like, you know, like I'm not getting invited to speak at, you know, Brian Broderson's, right? You know what I mean? Like, like these are like conservative, pro-life, tear down the high places. Yes, I just said that. Take it up with Jack. Um, like, these are like fully in for righteousness in the public square churches, right? And it's like the conservative, 
pro-life, love Jesus churches who are saying, I didn't know anything about the history of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes it's so shocking that like I have to like shake myself out of a reverie and be like, Seth, you're not a conspiracy theorist. You're not losing your mind. You just read the citation. You just read that Hitler was writing fan mail to Margaret Sanger's best friends and the people who are writing in her journal. Like, yes, I just read that, Seth. I'm not like faking this stuff. The history of this stuff is so wicked. And when we understand how we got here, there's no more excuses for abdication. There's no more excuses for cowardice. There's no more excuses for silence. So where do we start? Um, Hilaire Bullock was uh, G.K. Chesterton's best friend. Um, they were such good friends that they, they called them Chester Block. <laughs> so Hilaire Bullock, Chesterton, they were such good friends, they kind of like C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. So they called them Chester Block. Okay? And Hilaire Bullock has this incredible line. He says, to, to comprehend the history of a thing is to unlock the mysteries of its present. Mm. And more to discover the profundities of its future. I'll say that again. To comprehend the history of a thing is to unlock the mysteries of what's happening now. It's present. Mm -hmm. And more, to discover the profundities of its future. In other words, we don't study history to know what happened then. We study history to understand what's happening now. And worse, where this goes. So true. If nothing stops. This is why Bill Federer is such a gift to the body of Christ. Very few people know the history of a thing better than William J. Federer. We have to be in touch with that history. How is it that Planned Parenthood became the largest nonprofit in human history, the largest abortion provider in human history, the largest provider of pornographic comprehensive sexuality education in America, and the second largest provider of transgender drugs? How does one organization do those four things? For goodness sakes! Yeah. It started in 1914 when Margaret Sanger started her first writing in a magazine called Woman Rebel with the tagline, No Gods and No Masters. Hmm. Now, the first brick and mortar Planned Parenthood clinic was in 1916. Planned Parenthood is launched in 1921. But the first published material we have of Sanger's ideologies was in her magazine, Woman Rebel, in 1914. This week, I found volume one, edition one. So the first thing she ever wrote, publicly available for the masses. (laughs) You're not a conspiracy theorist. She literally said in volume one, edition one, quote, our ultimate objective is unlimited sexual gratification without the burden of unwanted children. Wow. That's it. So that was 110 years ago. 110 years ago. Does that not encapsulate and represent the entire culture of Absolutely. Today? The entire abortion industrial complex. I want what feels good and I don't want to adopt responsibility for any of my sexual mm. choices. That's really the beginning of what we call the sexual revolution. revolution. Margaret Sanger should probably be referred to as the mother of the mm. sexual revolution. The father of the sexual revolution would be Alfred Kinsey. Mm. She then launches her first brick and mortar abortion clinic in 1916. She gets threatened with arrest because she's sending pornographic literature to mailboxes in New York City. So to avoid being arrested, 
She ships her kids off to be raised by someone else. She has her socialist friends in the New York labor movement forge her a passport, and she flees to England for 18 months. This is the beginning of Planned Parenthood, <laughs> escaping the law. She sleeps her way up the levers of power in England. So she was the first Kamala Harris. Um, <laughs> uh, she, <laughs> she then, uh, uh, George Bernard Shaw, H.G. Uh, Wells. Like, I'm telling you, she's jumping into all these beds. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, War of the Worlds, like H.G. Wells. <laughs> okay. Then she meets a man named Havelock Ellis who was like the Alfred Kinsey of England, kind of. Um, he hosted orgies in his home. Um, he liked to experiment with hallucinogens and orgies. He forced his wife to watch. Um, he begins a raging affair with the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. Um, he writes about his experiences with Sanger in bed in letters that he forces his wife to read. Hmm. And Havelock Ellis drives his wife insane. His wife loses her mind. Um, Havelock Ellis is kind of the, the father of the sexual revolution in England. He wrote a book called Studies on the Psychology of Sex. It's hundreds of pages. He was, he was into the weird sex stuff. He's just a run-of-the-mill liberal. Um, <clears throat> he then coaches her journey back to New York City. Now, what's interesting about the roots of Planned Parenthood, I'm giving you the roots of Planned Parenthood right now, is that Havelock Ellis was mentored by Francis Galton. Now, Francis Galton coined a term, eugenics. The, the phrase, the word eugenics, was invented by Francis Galton. He's considered the modern father of the eugenics movement, by the way. His half-cousin was Charles Darwin. So, survival of the fittest, might makes right, you just come from monkeys, if it feels good, do it. Um, might makes right, because you're all animals, and in the animal kingdom, the strong survive and the weak die, even if the strong have to kill the weak in order to survive. So. Francis Galton reads his cousin's book, Origin of Species, and he credits that book as the linchpin in his political activism, and he coins the term eugenics. Yes, if you're thinking of Hitler, Mussolini, Mao Zedong, the trans movement today, it's all eugenics. That's right. The guy who coins the term is Darwin's cousin, who coaches Havelock Ellis, who becomes the number one political and sexual influence on the life of Margaret Sanger. She comes back to New York, and in 1916, she opens up the first brick-and-mortar Planned Parenthood clinic, birth control clinic. Now, something interesting happened right before George Floyd. Do you guys remember the 1619 Project mm -hmm. from the New York Times? Sure. With that purple-haired crazy girl who did the 1619 Project? Yeah. And you remember the contention was that America is so systemically racist and evil that our real birthday should not be considered 1776, our real birthday as a country should be considered 1619, when the first black slaves come to American shores. So they're saying, we're so wicked as a country, there's nothing to be proud of, that we need to change America's birthday to 1619. The 1619 Project becomes essays, a book, podcast, and K through 12 curriculum. So they actually started teaching the premises of critical race theory and the 1619 Project in America's public schools in many different states across mm -hmm. America. That was like nine months before George Floyd. Then, the author of the 1619 Project was asked on CNN one time. They said, hey, people are referring to the mostly peaceful, somewhat fiery riots, Summer of Love 2020. <laughs> They're referring to it as the 1619 riots. No, this was a fascinating clip. And they, they asked her, what do you think about that? She said, I'm so proud. 
So do you see, if America is so systemically racist, root and branch, every institution apparently is, is intentionally set up to deny blacks equal rights, then you can kind of make a moral argument for burning and pillaging. Like if every institution is like, black people suck, you're gonna have no rights, like that's not true. Like what does LeBron James say? When black people leave their home, they're being hunted. That's a, you know, that's a LeBron yeah. James quote. But if that's true, then you can kind of justify the somewhat peaceful, somewhat fiery summer of love of 2020. So the 1619 Project gives the BLM Antifa riots of 2020 right. its intellectual rigor, its intellectual justification. Now, they started going after what? Aunt Jemima? <laughs> any corporation, any institution, any company that they said, hey, your founder was a racist, right? or your first president was a racist, right? Or like Henry Ford, Carnegie, like some of these like institutions, like yeah, some of these people are kind of racist. So you have the radical left wing, not the right wing, you've got the radical left wing, 1619, BLM, Antifa, pro-abortion, start going after any institution that has vestiges of racism. And then they went after Planned Parenthood. This was probably the least covered news story in conservative news media. Like, I don't know where the conservative news media, mm. this, this was like a cultural linchpin of a news story. Sanger, Planned Parenthood, who we've been told is such a blessing to this country, and Sanger, the patron saint of feminism. Like, guys, like, Kamala Harris got the Margaret Sanger Award. Barack Obama got the Margaret Sanger Award. You know what I'm saying? Like, Martin Luther King Jr. supported Margaret Sanger. Okay, like we were told that this is like the hero for feminism and women. If you're a mainstream Democrat who read the New York Times for 40 years, all you would have seen was positive coverage of this woman named Margaret Sanger. And then in July of 2020, because BLM and the 1619 revolutionaries went after Planned Parenthood and they said, your founders are racist. She's a eugenicist. Now, have you heard the phrase, revolutions always eat their own? Mm. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And I was like, buckle up. Like, I'm like, first row seats, give me popcorn soda. Like, it might be a little unchristian, but like, when the revolution eats its own, I'm like, my sinful nature is like, <laughs> it's like the best theater. It's like so satisfying. Because I'm like, you should have listened to me. I tried to warn you. It's probably my flesh. I, sorry. But so, so the left goes after Planned Parenthood, and then the director of Planned Parenthood of New York comes out, her name's Karen Seltzer, it's kind of funny, and she says, we're done making excuses for our founder and the damage yes, that she did to communities that. of color. That's the quote, I memorized it for you. It's then, Alexis McGill Johnson, the current president of Planned Parenthood, who's black, so that's how they say, you know, we're not racist because we hire black people. It's like, yeah, that was Margaret Sanger's whole goal, is to use black faces to forward her re regime so the black people she's trying to eliminate in the womb, their mothers won't be, won't be suspicious of a, of a a revolution aimed against them led by people who look like them. That was the whole point of the Negro Project in 1939. Anyways, I digress. Then the president of Planned Parenthood says she was a eugenicist, she was a racist, and the Manhattan Planned Parenthood Clinic, it's their flagship clinic in Manhattan. Guess what it was called prior to July of 2020? The Sanger Health Center. Health Center. And the corner it sat on was called the Margaret Sanger Square. So listen, New York City labeled the square Margaret Sanger Square. There's a sign that called it that. They took it down. Planned Parenthood called their building the Sanger Health Center. 
They took it down and they renamed the building. So Planned Parenthood canceled Margaret Sanger and the city of New York canceled Margaret Sanger, which should cause anyone with two brain cells left to rub together to answer a very simple question. Um, what were you hiding from me? Right. No, seriously. All, the, the liberal establishment and the activist media have given positive coverage right. and excused Sanger for decades. Right. And then they cancel her? Well, what was cancel worthy about her? What's the real story? It's not the 1619 project. Mm -hmm. It's the 1916 project. If you want to understand the radical culture of death that has been created by the revolutionaries on the left, by the Margaret Sangers, the Alfred Kinseys, and the John Moneys, you go back to 1916, not 1619, with the first brick and mortar Planned Parenthood clinic, a physical linchpin, a physical stake in the ground that represents everything we're experiencing now. That's the first Planned Parenthood clinic, which is today the largest, mm -hmm. best-funded, most profitable 501c3 in human history, who has ushered in everything that has you so freaked out to hand this, this country to your children and grandchildren. So this year, I'm coming out with a movie, unlike anything that's ever been done in the culture war space before, and it's called The 1916 Project, to blow the top off of the sexual revolution, the secular moral revolutionaries, and the history that has been hidden from you lest you realize the kind of individuals mm -hmm. who were demonically inspired behind this culture and walk out of your caves like Gideon and Judges 6 and start tearing down every high place of child sacrifice in America. Yeah. Seth. Oh, and Pastor Jack Hibbs is in the film. So. I totally forgot that part. <laughs> So, explain this. Uh, why, would, why would there be a connection between the Planned Parenthood agenda, its financing, mm. the legislation that takes place in areas that are to their advantage? Why, how is it that predominantly in America the black population votes Democrat, and yet it's the Democrat party agenda from its inception yep. to eliminate black individuals. Yep. And yet, mm -hmm. it's, the, it's one of the strongest bases yep. for voting. Yep. And when legislation's there to be made by Democrat Lawmakers, they always, always defend and support Planned Parenthood. Yep. How can, what, what, what are your thoughts? Because you've researched all this. Yep. How can someone, or is it that they just don't know, support a party? And just for the record, I'm no fan of the Republican Party either. <laughs> okay, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. Um, how... Wow, how would you explain that? What's, what is the delusion? So M Margaret Sanger really created the, the sort of the modern liberal strategy. So what is, <laughs> my friend, Pastor John Amanchukwu um, puts it this Love way. Him. The Democrat party, um, <laughs> he says, black America are the cheap prostitutes of the Democrat party. They bang us, they barely pay us, and we keep coming back for more. 
So sad. Uh, if you came to my Love Life California conference here, January 2022, you heard Pastor John Amanchukwu yeah. preach. Him and his father-in-law are in our film, The 1960 yeah. Project. It's an all-black historic church in Raleigh, North Carolina. They were doing love life before there was love life. Mm -hmm. They had a, they have a ministry at their church called The Happy Warriors. And they go preach and sing hymns outside of abortion clinics and ask moms to choose life, throw them baby showers, love on them, and bring them to church. This was like a ministry of a local church in Raleigh before there was a love life that we have going all, my friends in love life. Right. This church was doing that, right? Wow. So they've bucked the liberal trend and agenda that the Democrat Party has assigned to black America, yeah. which is we'll screw you, but just keep voting for us. And so, and so Margaret Sanger really invented that strategy, Pastor Jack. In 1939, she launched the Negro Project. Yes, right. Um, <laughs> you're not gonna believe this quote. Here's a Margaret Sanger quote for you, okay? Did we distribute barf bags? Is everyone okay? Um, <laughs> Birth control is not contraception thoughtlessly and indiscriminately practiced. It means the cultivation and release of the better racial elements in our society and the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extinction of defective stocks, those human weeds which threaten the blossoming of the finest flowers of American civilization. So if you're truly woke and awake, you would have just recognized that I just combined racism and eugenics. So what you need to understand about Margaret Sanger and the culture of death is that racism is concerned with melanin. It's skin-based mm -hmm. discrimination. Eugenics is actually far worse. And here's why. Eugenics is concerned with certain genes. G-E-N-E-S. Do you know what I'm talking about? Traits, genes. Mm -hmm. Eugenics is concerned with genes. So Margaret Sanger would have actually, and I'm, I might get heat from some people in this church, but I, I've done, because everyone likes to just say, she's a racist. And I want to like add a little bit of rigor to that to say, yes, yes, in a, in a very real way. But she was a eugenicist. So that means that if she met a highly successful black person with no history of alcoholism or crime in their family um, who agreed with her, <laughs> she probably would have loved that black person. But it, there could have been white people that Margaret Sanger absolutely despised. If they were epileptics, if they had physical or mental disabilities, if they had a history of alcoholism or crime in their family, she would have wanted them forcibly sterilized as well. That's so, right. So that's what eugenics is. It's, it's far more sinister than racism because more people are opened up to being discriminated against rather than just people of a certain dint of skin color. Am I and, making sense? And Adolf Hitler loved that. Yep. So Adolf Hitler learned a lot from the American eugenics movement. Um, in fact, here's a Hitler quote for you. Um, sorry, we didn't get the slides. I just pulled things from my brain and the, the team couldn't handle the slides. But he said, um, now that we know the laws of heredity, it is possible to a large extent to prevent severely handicapped beings from coming into existence. I have studied with interest the laws of several American states concerning prevention of reproduction uh, by those whose progeny would, in all likelihood, be of no value or be injurious to the racial stock, end quote. Progeny, like your, mm -hmm. your um, children and grandchildren. So Hitler actually openly admitted that he studied the laws, yep. uh, eugenics laws on the books in America, like Buck versus Bell in 1927, um, which um, upheld Virginia's mandated sterilization law of those labeled unfit. 
unfit to reproduce. Did you know? Who's heard of Buck versus Bell, by the way? See? Isn't that crazy? It's one of the most atrocious, controversial Supreme Court decisions, right up there with Dred Scott. The hidden history mm. of the secular moral revolution. I found a report from 2020 the other day. I'm going to include references to this. By the way, I have a book coming out called The 1916 Project. So, so for the nerds who want to go deeper, <laughs> don't worry. It'll have, more than the, it'll have more than the film. This report looked at the nine most commonly used high school history textbooks in the United States of America. Any coverage of the eugenics movement, the American Eugenics Society, Margaret Sanger, and Buck versus Bell are almost entirely absent. Because of the Supreme Court decision, Buck versus Bell, that allowed the state to mandate the sterilization of those labeled unfit to reproduce, over 70,000 people were forcibly sterilized between California and New York in the next 15 years. Meaning like, yeah, forcibly sterilized, like we're tying your tubes or snip, snip. You don't get to have kids because you're bad stock. You have bad genes. Margaret Sanger celebrated the Buck versus Bell decision when mm. it was decided. At the Nuremberg trials, guys, the Nazis in their defense said, but you guys had Buck versus Bell that allowed the state to mandate the sterilization of those considered a threat to the gene pool. Guys, the Nazis in their defense cited our Supreme Court decision, which Margaret Sanger celebrated when it was decided in 1927. Like, this is the hidden history of the secular moral revolution. Planned Parenthood isn't just part of the eugenics movement, they are the eugenics movement. That's right. Controlling population, breeding the, the fit, preventing the unfit from reproducing. So her Negro project in 1939 was an attempt to get black faces to be the front of the propaganda and putting, which is today, by the way, 80% of their Planned Parenthood surgical abortion facilities within walking distance of majority black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. As it was in 1939, so it is today. This was intentional. She had someone on her payroll for the Negro project. It was a Negro project director. And I've got one of their quotes. You have to dig for this stuff. I found it. Here's what someone on Margaret Sanger's payroll for the Negro Project said. There is a great danger that we will fail because the Negroes think that this is a plan for their extermination. Hence, let's appear to let the colored run it. Let's appear to let the colored run Which is why today, if you walk into a Planned Parenthood clinic in a black neighborhood, there will be a black man or woman sitting at the front desk to welcome you in. So the mother, mm. whose black unborn child Planned Parenthood has assigned dollar signs to, will feel more comfortable when they see someone who looks like them. Yes. That's always been the agenda of the leftist revolutionaries. And thanks to this black genocide, nearly 40% of abortions performed in America are performed on black unborn babies, despite the fact that black America, according to U.S. Census Bureau, mm -hmm. represents 12% of the population. So cut that in half, 6% men, 6% women. Are all of those women of childbearing age? No. So you have roughly 3.5% of the American public obtaining almost 40% of the abortions. Hey, if you're a business owner, is that a good bang for your buck? Exactly. To get 40% of your business from 3.5% of your clientele base? That's exactly why I asked you that question.
is to get that out there. Sick. To get people to think. Yep. And to just think about the absolute oppositeness of God and his love and his grace and the fact that there's a group that will decide these are fit, these are unfit. That's right. Where God is the one who gives life. That's right. And so, I forget who said this, you'll probably remember, but it's, it goes something like this, that when in the mind of man, God dies, then man dies. If in your mind there is no existence of God, then you turn right around and you kill man. And so, the competition to Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger and those that support and those that vote for their existence is in opposition to God. You're actually running up against the giver of life. That's right. And let's, let's wake up to the realization that if the Bible says for all of us that we will stand before God and give an account for every word that we've ever uttered, then is it possible that God is going to ask, what did you do or not do regarding this particular situation when, when you had the opportunity to do it? That's Here right. in America, I think, I'm not joking, I think we still have a voice. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but in many countries in the world, you don't. That's right. And if you don't have a voice to, to whom... Much is given, much is required. That's us. We have a voice, but we choose not to use it. And by the way, that is, that is literally proof positive of my earlier point, that when a grassroots organic mm -hmm. movement begins to build in America of angry, righteously fired up mama bears and papa bears speaking at school board meetings. I mean, do you guys remember like early 2021? I mean, it's continuing, but like that year 2021 and early 2022, it was like everywhere. Like hundreds of people in lines outside of school board meeting halls to express their anger over what? The comprehensive sexuality education that includes all of the creeds of humanism, all of the creeds of progressivism, by the way. Just so you know, like for anyone who's like skeptical of me, when I say sex ed, I'm not talking about, here's the biology of how reproduction works. <laughs> that right. has never been right. the sex ed movement in America. That's right. Somehow they've packed all of the creeds and priorities of humanism and secularism into the comprehensive... It's, it's, it's a liturgy, is actually what it is. Mm. It's the liturgical arm of the religion of humanism. Yeah. Liturgies shape you. Liturgies shape you into a certain kind of human being. There's a reason why we have spiritual disciplines. <laughs> like, right? We are both body and soul. We can't just go like work out, we also have to care for our soul. Right. C.S. Lewis said this beautifully, where, like, we are both body and soul. Yep. And so what we're dealing with has always just been a, a, another false religion. And so to sort of understand how this all happened, we really have to go back to 1964 when Planned Parenthood's medical director, Mary Calderon, left Planned Parenthood to found an organization that you may or may not know the name of, but their curriculum is in all of the public schools. It's called the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States. SECUS is the acronym, SECUS. Sikhs became the first group with Planned Parenthood to begin writing all of the obscene pornographic sex ed. Okay? Her first board member was a man named Wardell Pomeroy. Wardell Pomeroy was part of the pro-incest movement. 
he was um, homosexual lovers with Alfred Kinsey. Okay, you just heard that correctly. Uh, he wrote an article in Time Magazine in 1980 called Attacking the Last Taboo. And do you know what the last taboo was? Incest. And Wardell Pomeroy, let me just say this again. Planned Parenthood's medical director mm. leaves Planned Parenthood to found Seekus. Seekus's board member is Wardell Pomeroy, who's sleeping with Alfred Kinsey. And he wrote in this 1980 Time Magazine article, he said, quote, incest between children and, and adults can sometimes be beneficial. No, no, no. Like, you understand I memorized this like junk for you so that you don't have to, to wake up the church? Like, that is the direct quote. I've read the Time Magazine article in 1980 called Attacking the Last Taboo by Wardell Pomeroy, who was a chief researcher at the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University. Who knows the Kinsey Institute? Mm. Okay. okay. So Alfred Kinsey meets a young man as an undergraduate college student. His name was Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner would refer to himself for the rest of his life as Kinsey's pamphleteer. Wow. Kinsey's pamph pamphleteer. Okay. All of the pornographic sex ed in America's public schools, if you trace the citations, right, like it's quoting this book, and so then you go to that book, and then you see who they're quoting. Like if you go through the work of following the citations of the science of comprehensive sexuality education, do you know where you end back up every time? the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University. Mm. So just so you understand like, how this all happened, that was Planned Parenthood's medical director that founded SECUS with seed money provided by Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner provides the seed money for SECUS. SECUS changed their name two years ago. Their new name is SECUS, Sex Ed for Social Change. Sex Ed for social, social change. change. They are admitting yeah. in their new name what Margaret Sanger recognized in her magazine, Full Woman circle. Rebel in 1914, that the sexual revolution has to always come before the social revolution. Yeah. All of the Margaret Sanger acolytes of the early 1900s were communists and socialists and Marxists. I hope you understand that. All of it was a Marxist socialist, quote unquote, utopian pipe dream. But what did they recognize? That th those, those, those um, failed revolutionary attempts around the world to usher in the Marxist utopian dream didn't work. They failed. So what you cannot defeat militarily, you can always corrupt through sexual enticement. Those on the left understand what we Christians sometimes fail to realize, which is how powerful of a driver sex is. Now, I'm not like Kinsey. I don't believe we're sexual beings, but it's a powerful aspect of our human nature that should be exercised in a godly way according to God's plan, but the left understands what a powerful driver sex is if you can get people addicted to pornography. We have more young people addicted to porn in America than at any other point in American history. And with AI, I just, yeah. I just had a podcast with Victor Marx, just, yeah. just go listen to it. But like, do you understand that if we can corrupt innocent minds to be driven towards sexual enticement at a young age, then they will be very easy to control. Yeah. So if we're mm. going to sell this utopian socialist Marxist pipe dream, the easiest way to do that? Corrupt America. Because then you can't govern yourself anymore. Yeah. Because when you indulge every sexual appetite you have, you're not free, you're a slave. And you are therefore much more easier to control. 
Sikas, sex ed mm -hmm. for social change. And what is the That's content exactly of that sex ed that Sikas and Planned Parenthood, those two groups more than anyone else in America, Planned Parenthood and Sikas, are the two groups behind all of the porn in the sex ed health week in public schools. You understand me? Yeah. All of the science goes back to Alfred Kinsey. All of it goes back to Sikas. You know where Alfred Kinsey got his sexual data from? By interviewing pedophiles and rapists. I told you you would start thinking I was a conspiracy theorist. It sounds like it's too weird, Seth. It's too weird. I can't take that pill. There's just no way that's true. Remember Wiener Boy? Okay. <laughs> so sometimes God has a sense of humor. I unfortunately have read way too much Judith Reisman. Judith Reisman was this sweet 5'5 five, five little warrior of a woman who brought down Alfred Kinsey. She devoted her life and all of her writing to debunking the, the, the science of Kinsey. Okay? Guess what she discovered? She was the first American discover, to discover this. He got most of his data to prove that children were sexual beings, that, be, that ends up becoming all of the science of comprehensive sexuality education. Because children are sexual beings, they have to be told all about sex stuff. And so that's why it should be in the schools, because don't you know they're sexual beings? Where did this idea come from, that children are sexual beings? It came from Kinsey. Where did he get that idea? He interviewed a Nazi pedophile rapist named Fritz von Balusak. <laughs> I did not talk to Pastor Jack about this before. I, it's, I, no, it's literally in my book. I'm not kidding. It's, it's like, and I'm going to get attacks from some pious, self-righteous Christians who think that that was super inappropriate. I've looked up the pronounce, no, I've looked up the pronounce, the enunciation. That's the best way, it's, it's, it's spelled B-A-L-L-U-S-E-C-K. It's best was, you finish your story. Yes. So, uh, he worked for Hitler. He, run, he ran a concentration camp in Poland. His name is Dr. Fritz von Balusak. He, he raped children, and I read, I found, this stuff is sick, but I found the German Berlin newspaper coverage of his trial. Mm. He somehow escaped the Nuremberg trials. Wow. And I read the reporting by Berlin journalists in the 60s, a year after Kinsey had died. Dr. Fritz gave children the option between him and the gas chambers. Wow. And according to Berlin news coverage in the 60s, he probably raped over 300 children while the commandant of a concentration camp in Poland. Guess who he sent his sex journals and sex data to? Alfred Kinsey. All of his science yeah. is cited by Planned Parenthood today in 2024. Like, I, I don't know how to belabor this point any more than I have. All, all of the comprehensive sexuality education is Kinsey science. Where did he get the scientific theory that children were sexual beings? From one certain individual, Nazi pedophile rapist. And the judge at the time of his trial in 67 read doctor's sex journals and he said, this is no longer human. Mm -hmm. What was all this for to tell Kinsey about? The judge presiding over this Nazi pedophile rapist who sent his sex journals to Alfred Kinsey, it was so obvious to this judge that you're, you're just doing this to send data mm. to Kinsey. And in the trial, <clears throat> Dr. Fritz admitted that Kinsey himself asked him for the data. Mm. That is sick and de 
Did, he not, did Pastor Jack not say at the beginning, some of the stuff is actually incredibly demonic? That is where all of the science yeah. of the comprehensive sexuality education is that Planned Parenthood is putting into schools. They're trying to put into Fontana right now. They would love to have it here in Chino Valley Unified. You bet that's demonic. That's where it all came from. What if we could release a film for the United States of America that gets all that history that I just made you feel like you want to barf and more? into a 50-minute documentary, presenting it on a silver platter to the American church to finally wake up the blood-bought bride of Christ in America. Well, I would like to announce tonight we are premiering publicly for the first time the first trailer of the 1916 Project for Calvary Chapel Chino Hills. So, yeah, buckle up, let's put the lights down. Enjoy church for the first time, the trailer to the 1916 Project. What Christians often don't understand in the culture wars and in the fight for life is that abortion is not just one issue among many. Abortion is almost the linchpin upon which the liberal establishment swings. But what happens when you pull out a linchpin? <laughs> the door falls off. It takes a long time to go from a few intellectuals believing some bad ideas to bringing those ideas into the culture more and more and more until they bear fruit. The answer how we got here is because of the silence and inaction of the church. Somebody might say, well, you know, Margaret Sanger, she didn't quite know exactly what she was doing. Well, first of all, you're speaking from ignorance because she wrote about herself and she wrote what her plans were, so much so that she, hello, impressed Adolf Hitler. How do you impress Hitler? My father walks up to me wearing a BLM shirt, and he says to me, why are you out here fighting a white man's issue? But he was a walking poster child for all things CRT, because in critical race theory, you see racism in all things and at all times. Even when a six foot four, 260 pound black man is trying to save a baby. We're going to expose and discover who the real Margaret Sanger was and how her attack and assault against the family in America explains our current culture of death and upside down world that we're living in today. This is where it all started. It was here that Sanger opened up her first unlicensed, illegal birth control clinic in 1916. Study the past, not just to understand what happened then, but to understand what's happening now. This is a Leviathan. Dachau, it's a fitting place to remember what happens when bad ideas are taken to their logical conclusion. We bless the holy name of Jesus and we shout, let the baby live. Let the baby live. Let the baby live. Stop waiting for someone else to grow a righteous culture of life for you and on your family's behalf. It will not happen. If, if not you, who? If not now, when? Nice, well done. Well done. You know, I, I want to insert this. I, it's, I think it's good in light of that. Is um, many of you maybe visiting for the first time? I don't know. I know that what I'm about to say is not 
uh, unique for this church, but there are many people watching right now um, who maybe their church in Nebraska or Washington State or Oregon or somewhere where you're at in your community, even in California, maybe your church doesn't have a pro-life ministry. And maybe you're a church struggling, thinking, we want to we start one, but we don't know what to do. You know what? Can you imagine if the church in America right now tonight uh, decides, and when I say church, I'm not talking about on a street corner with an address. I'm talking about you, me, us, the church, where we decide that we're going to fund this project, to help this project, to, to have this voice of his uh, magnified, that you think about if, if all of us that are viewing right now, those of us that are in attendance right now, if we simply gave up maybe, I don't know, two, two visits to Starbucks a month, seriously, just two visits to Starbucks a month and redirected it to what you're doing because what you're doing I, I cannot do and I'm not called to do. Somebody out here right now, somebody watching right now might be saying, man, I, 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 I'm blown away with what I've heard. I'd, I'd, I'd love to do something, but I, I'm not a Seth. I don't have that. You don't have to have that. But if you have the ability to empower him and his team to keep going, I know we as a church and many of you here uh, help Seth do exactly what he's doing right now. But the task is huge. The vision's huge. And um, look, I'm really biased about this. Um, Amen. I, you know, I, I was rescued um, by a neighbor who interrupted my, my mother's clothes hanger uh, mutilation of herself to try to get me out. And um, three weeks in the hospital, I was able to be born. And that's a very precious thing for me to find out um, as a young man. Yeah. And then to find out about Jesus. Yep. It took the most horrible situation and made it perfect for me. That's right. I don't know if you understand this or not, but maybe tonight you're here. Maybe, maybe you've had an abortion or maybe you made your girlfriend or your wife have an abortion. And, or maybe you've, maybe you've had an abortion and you have been carrying that all your life. And I, I want you to know that what Satan and what this world and what the flesh has intended for destruction, right. God turns around for good. And I'm telling you from experience that I am so... When I found out by... Basically, I wasn't supposed to hear the conversation that my mom was having with a neighbor, and I heard it all. And wow. again, it didn't make any sense until I became a Christian. And then, when I read Jeremiah chapter 1, where there it says, God, God says, I've called you from the womb. Wow. Before you came forth from your mother, I called you to be a prophet to the nations. It's... <laughs> I don't, yep. When you realize that love of God for you, that he has a purpose for you, uh, then nothing can stop you. And even death itself, listen, death itself cannot stop 
what God has begun in your life. My life can be taken by anybody or anything at any given time. That's right. But what God gives cannot really be taken. My, only my physical body can die. God saved me to save me <laughs> and to tell others about his love and about his grace. And Seth's ministry is to wake people up. It's, it's got to be this level hmm. of almost, almost shock therapy of truth. Because yeah. some of you are maybe reeling from what you've heard. And you don't want what he said to be true. But it is true. Yep. He's on public record. He's available for you to go and fact check or do whatever you do about these things. Research it on your own. Yep. And my book's going to have all, all the, cite- the citations uh, for you. And this is what Pastor Jack said is why abortion is demonic, by the way. Yeah. Satan would kill God if he could, but he can't. So he kills babies because he knows it wounds the heart of the father Absolutely. and causes chaos on the earth. You see, abortion is actually the sacrament of Satan. Because abortion says, you must die so I can live. But Christ says, no, I must die so you can live. And chooses to enter human history in a uterus of all locations to redeem mankind from their sins. This is why Peter Kreeft, the Catholic philosopher, who's still alive today, said, spoke more prophetically on the issue of abortion than any Protestant I've ever heard. And he said, don't you know, church, abortion is the demonic parody of the Eucharist. That's why it uses the same holy, holy words. This is my body. Mm. But with the opposite blasphemous meaning. Yeah. Do you think it's a coincidence that the central phrase of the entire abortion industrial complex and the culture of death today are the same words of our Savior at the First Communion, this is my body? And because Planned Parenthood is not only the largest abortion provider in the world, they're the largest provider of transgender drugs. They call both of those mutilations healthcare. Did you know this? What do they call transgender surgeries? Gender affirming? What do they call abortion? Reproductive? Right. They call them both healthcare. And so if they can't get the babies in the womb, they'll get them outside the womb. They defend both practices using bodily autonomy arguments. Mm -hmm. This is... My body. Yep. And if I want to kill what's inside of my body, and who cares because the serpent told me in Genesis 3, ye shall be mm-hmm. as gods. Mm-hmm. Abortion is the sacrament of the religion of secular progressivism. So when Christ says, this yeah. is my body, I go break it for you now. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Guys, all human conflict is ultimately theological, it is not a coincidence that the argument for abortion is quoting the words of our Savior. You know, I, um, as we begin to wrap this up, I, I'll go back to that verse, that 2 Corinthians 10, 6 verse, that by our obedience to Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled, um, that scripture, that verse right there demands action. It demands it. And I want to encourage some of you, don't, don't from this day forward regarding anything regarding what's true. What, what, what is true is true. You don't, you don't make something true. <laughs> God's truth is truth. That's right. Okay? 
And so against all the tide, against the wind, against the storm, against the whatever, against the, the peer pressure, against the opinions, you've got to know truth. It's available to know. It's available to know. And once you know this and you believe this, then you can stand, you can speak up, you can hold your ground, and you don't have to worry hmm. about what people think or say. That's right. People have value, but their assessments are skewed. All <laughs> of us, all of us have been created in the image of God, but we're fallen. So we have great value, but our opinions, they rarely often agree, and they're probably almost always wrong. But his truth never changes. And so to encourage you, I want to remind some of you that it was several, several, it was eight years ago when one of our staff members came into my office and said, there's a, there's a letter here. We have a letter here from the Attorney General's office. California, and uh, it was addressed to the church, so she read it, and she, and she immediately got up, left her office, and came to my office, and she said, um, you, you need to know something. You, this is what California just sent every church, yeah. every church, everybody, every church in California. <laughs> you see... Just a few days earlier, in the United States Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., Hobby Lobby won the Supreme Court case that it's unconstitutional for a provider, a business of any type, uh, to force that business in its, in, in its insurance plans to pay for elective abortions. And Hobby Lobby won. The Supreme Court voted that a company does not have to do that against its convictions. And we, we got a letter. So did your pastor at your church in California. Every pastor got the letter. And it's from the Attorney General's office. And the Attorney General was quoting then Governor Jerry Brown which said, after the governor has consulted with the attorney general of the state of California, we have concluded that the Supreme Court decision regarding the Hobby Lobby case is in fact unconstitutional itself. <laughs> and thereby California will not honor the US Supreme Court decision and all churches will pay for elective abortions in their premiums, in their, in their health care. So she said, I think I know your answer, <laughs> but how do you want to handle this? And so literally, I picked up my, the phone and I called um, ADF, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. Read the letter to them. They were not aware of it. And they said, what do you want to do with this? And I said, I have to fight this. And they said, it's going to be a, you're, you know, you're suing the state of California. 
And I said, I don't care. I don't care who. I don't care if it's the Pope. I don't care. If, I don't care who it is, because we have to speak up for the unborn. We have to speak up for those who are destined to be crushed. And and this is why, if I could, if I could bottle Pastor Jack Hibbs' moral and spiritual clarity and courage and track record and inject it like a booster shot into the arms of American pastors, I could end abortion in this country in two years. Well, it's the booster shots. So. Long story short, a very long, an eight-year-long story of a lawsuit. And the court decided that it is unconstitutional. This, in California, the California Supreme Court decided that the governor was wrong, the attorney general was wrong, and that no church can be forced to fund elective abortions. So stand in the lion's den. God will be there. I couldn't imagine living outside the lion's den. Amen. Because that's where God's at. Can I give them their marching orders? I want you to give them <laughs> marching orders. I want them to hear whatever marching orders you have. So we're going to be premiering the 1916 Project at big churches all around America between June and August. This will be one of those churches. We will be back this summer for an in-person screening yep. of the entire film. Yep. Secondly, come to Leave Our Kids Alone on Saturday in Fontana, 10 a.m. Do not take the flyers when you leave. Take a picture of it or find the info on our Instagram. Is the address included in that yes, data? Yes, it's all okay. there. Thirdly, the, in, the 1916 Project is going to finish with the story of Sophie Scholl yes. and the White Rose Resistance and the message of rebuilding Christian resistance. Yeah. I want to tell you, we at the White Rose Resistance are trying to put ourselves out of a job. I do not want another 501c3 doing the work that the local blood-bought bride of Christ is supposed to do. That's and right. I'm saying that as a CEO of a nonprofit. Like, I don't want to be doing this at 40. Okay, I want to be rebuilding Christendom, not tearing down another high place. <laughs> so I'm just making that commitment to you that the, our team of the White Rose Resistance is trying to put ourselves out of a job. We don't want to be doing this forever because it's the role of the church. So we're going to tell the story of Christian resistance. We've told the stories of wickedness and evil, things that make you want to barf. You know the stories of the architects of the culture of death. What about the heroes of the faith who have dealt with these evils before and those who faithfully stood? We need to find the courage and calm and witness from the brothers and sisters who have gone before us to stand in a day like today. Amen. And so I want to finish with the story of a 21-year-old who in 1942, the same year Margaret Sanger changed the name of her organization from the American Birth Control League to Planned Parenthood. Do you know why she changed the name, by the way? Hitler had gave, given the phrase eugenics a little bit of a negative connotation. And everyone knew Sanger and the American Birth Control League wasn't part of the eugenics movement. They were the eugenics movement. So literally, the name change from American Birth Control League to Planned Parenthood in 1942 was an attempt to deflect criticism of Sanger's role in Hitlerian eugenics. Okay, that year, 1942, a 21-year-old, the namesake of my third child, Sophie, is walking the streets of Munich, mm -hmm. where I just got back from in this December. And the spiritual warfare behind filming this documentary, we had an icicle fall off a German building in Munich, hit a piece of metal, fall all the way down, and almost hit one of our producer film guys in the head. Like, it was... 
the spiritual attacks in making this film is like, that couldn't have happened, that couldn't have happened, that could have happened. I'm telling you, the enemy does not want this film to be made. So we were there filming where all of this happened. You know the name Bonhoeffer, right? We know Corey Ten Boom, we know these names. But like almost no one names, knows the names of Sophie and Hans Scholl and Christoph Probst and Alexander Schmorell. These were kids in their 20s. And Sophie finds a leaflet in, 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 in Munich in 1942, and it says, Leaflets of the White Rose. That's right. And she picks this up, and it's explicitly condemning the crimes of the Nazis and asking good people to wake up. They said things in their leaflets like, we are the White Rose resistance, we are your bad conscience, and we will not leave you alone. They said things like, if you know, why do you not act? Sophie said, we are Christian and we are German, therefore we are responsible for Germany. We could say that today, we are Christian and we are American, therefore we are responsible for America. And so she demands to join the White Rose Resistance. She was a believer. She loved Jesus. Come to find out, the White Rose Resistance had not only been co-founded, it was being run by none other than her older brother, Hans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A 24-year-old young man who just wanted to protect his little sister. Because, guys, 1942, do you think speaking out against Hitler, a little bit risky? This is 1942, <laughs> guys. The Jews have been wearing the yellow star for two, two oh, and a half yeah. years. Yes, 1939, yeah. I think. So he was trying to protect his little sister. Sophie becomes the youngest member and the only female of the White Rose Resistance. And for the rest of 1942, they would write these leaflets, stay up late, print them, and take them to major German cities, critiquing Hitler, calling him names. Guys, they were graffiti artists. They spray-painted anti-Nazi sentiments on on Nazi-owned buildings, and the Nazis would come the next morning and and paint over it. Like... German nationalists, Christian nationalists. And in 1943, they took things to the next level. So 80, 80 years ago, 81 years ago. And Hans and Sophie walked onto the campus at the University of Munich yep. on February 18th, 1943, which was just as dangerous as a pastor preaching righteousness. This was very dangerous. They were owned and operated by the Nazi state. Yes. And she walked to where we just filmed that final scene from the trailer is where Sophie stood and threw hundreds of leaflets three yeah. floors down to the atrium of the University of Munich. The janitor committed Nazi, caught her, called the Gestapo. They were arrested on February 18th, 1943. They had their heads chopped off four days later. Yep. They were beheaded four days later for trying to wake up the church and good people against what was happening. It was too late at that point. Yeah. This is what Martin Niemöller learned. By the time Martin Niemöller joined Bonhoeffer at that point, it was just too late. Yep. And so I want to share with you as we wind down and I invite you to the White Rose Resistance, the words of a 21-year-old who I think spoke with more prophetic, spiritual mm-hmm. clarity in one paragraph at 21 than most of the pulpits in Germany. And it's the message of the film, which is that the blame doesn't necessarily lay with evil men who do evil things. It That's lays right. with good people who know better and do not act. So here's a 21-year-old 80 years ago, about a day before she was taken to the guillotine. She said the real damage is actually caused by all of those millions out there who just want to survive. The honest men and women who just want to be left in peace. Those who don't want their little lives disturbed by anything bigger than themselves. Those with no sides and no causes. Those who won't take measure of their own strength for fear of antagonizing their own weaknesses. Those who don't like to make waves or enemies. Those for whom freedom honor, truth, and principle, it's just literature. Those who live small, die small. It's the reductionistic approach to life. 
Because church, if you keep it small, you'll keep it under control. If you don't make any noise, the boogeyman won't find you, FBI, Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> but it's all an illusion, said mm-hmm. Sophie, because they, they die too. Yeah. You know those people who roll up their spirits into tiny little balls so as to be safe. Mm. Safe from what? Life is always on the edge of death. Narrow streets lead to the same place as wide avenues. And a little candle burns itself out just like the flaming torch does. But I choose my own way to burn. That's a direct quote from a 21-year-old about 18 hours before she had her head chopped off. That sounds like Chesterton or Churchill. Who speaks like that at 21? That's a young woman with the line of the tribe of Judah (laughs) roaring inside of her to say, get off the bench, get onto the field of battle for your king and watch how I'll move through my bride. That is the story of Christian resistance, that of the heroes that have stood up against this ideology of eugenics and secular humanism that we're dealing with today. That's why we're rebuilding the White Rose Resistance for this generation against our silent but far more deadly holocaust of abortion before it's too late. So, do you want to join the White Rose Resistance? Do you want to make the 1916 Project happen? All right, here's your marching orders. If you join today the White Rose Resistance at $35 a month and scan the QR code to make this film reach every Christian that needs to be awakened in America, when you leave today, you get to pick between a free shirt or a free beanie to represent the White Rose Resistance today. And you join our resistance community. We have a pro-life course on there. We're we're releasing a pro-life masterclass this spring, a pro-life masterclass Mm. with Jack Hibbs, Kirk Cameron, John Amanchukwu, like all these heroes. Uh, Monica Klein, a former Planned Parenthood sex educator. Uh, Melissa Odin, an an abortion survivor who survived an abortion. We're releasing all this training for you to go be the resistance. If you join at $70 a month, you get access to our book club. So we're reading a book together once a month with yours truly at the White Rose Resistance to understand the times, to be like the sons of Issachar. The Bible says they were men who understood the times so they knew what Israel ought to do. That's literally all we know about the sons of Issachar. They understood what was going on, and so they knew what the people of God ought to do. So join our book club at $70 a month. We talk about it uh, once a month live on Zoom. These are some ways you can engage with us. If you leave today and join the White Rose Resistance, you get a free white rose when you leave. Go hug me and my team if I'm out there. Get a free shirt or a beanie. Now, if you're watching online, sorry you're not here and you don't get a white rose, check this out. Anyone that joins in the building or live online tonight, this week, you'll be sent the trailer to the 1916 Project, which is not available anywhere online. We haven't actually dropped it yet. You'll also get invited to watch the 1916 Project in an exclusive online premiere oh, that's cool. later this year before it goes public on a tour around the country and before it's available on hopefully Amazon Prime, meaning our supporters who make the White Rose Resistance, but you get to watch the film before anyone else. Okay, have I incentivized you enough? Um, We need your help if we're gonna tear down the high places, give God a reason to show America mercy and rebuild a culture of life in America. So join us, scan the QR code or text it if you're online. Thank you guys, I love you. We're so grateful for you and Pastor Jack. Buckle up, you haven't seen anything yet. Let's all stand. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life 
and that you may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Father, we pray tonight in Jesus' name that every man, woman, boy, or girl hearing this tonight and considering these things, Father, number one thing of all is to know the good shepherd, the forgiver of sins, the one who died for our sins at the cross and rose again from the grave that by the power of the Holy Spirit who raised up Christ, we can live and we can exist and we can live out the purposes of God until you come for us or we go to you. But Father, we pray tonight that there'd be decisions made, healing in many lives from the scourge and from the devastation of abortion, and that many lives would be changed from this moment forward, Father, that would stop supporting abortion, stop supporting politicians, local and federally, that support abortion. That they would break the bondage of tradition and go with truth. And to get behind those who are standing in the front line for the fight of innocence. And dear God, we cannot think of anyone who's closer to us to love thy neighbor than to love an innocent unborn child. God have mercy on the United States of America before it's too late. We pray it in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming tonight, everybody.